Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Process Theology, which explains how it is that everything is in the process of becoming, even God, and you are the means by which God does so. You are significant. My name is Daniel, and I am the host of of this podcast. We continue our examination of religion and how it is religion reinforces, validates the concept of process theology, process reality, panentheism. We have already taken a brief look at Hinduism and Judaism and Buddhism, and we are now going to take a look at Christianity. Christianity, like the other three, being a major religion still practiced within our society, and which has had, like the other three, a major impact upon our societies. So what new concept has Christianity firmly established in the West? Christianity says one must address oneself to the elimination of suffering. But isn't this the same message as that given by the Buddhists? Well, actually, no. For the process is different. The process with Christianity is that the means of eliminating suffering in our society is to love one another. Now, this is not to say that Buddhism wouldn't agree. Rather, it just states a different approach. So we're going to move on to the three questions we have had the other religions address and see what Christianity has to say about these three questions. The first question, what does the conceptual framework of Christianity have to offer us? We're going to quote William Rees from the Dictionary of Philosophy and Religion. And Reese says, quote, Life is to be lived in the light of an absolute perfection, which requires of persons a similar but proportional perfection. Christians are to live with other in- utter integrity called purity of heart. 
They are to live with a wholeheartedness which excludes pride of any kind. They are to be sensitive to others, sensing the oneness of oneself and others, and ministering to human needs. They are to love one another. End of quote. So, how does one begin to eliminate suffering? One does so through love. Christianity brings the world the idea of love. Love existing before Christianity, but now Christianity teaches humankind to extend that love beyond family, lovers, and friends. One is to love all people, regardless of who they are. Christianity teaches humankind to look beyond the differences that exist between each other and look towards the soul. A black person is not black, but a soul deserving the same kind of love as a white person. For a white person is not white, but rather a soul also. A woman is not a female, and a man is not a male. They are both souls, deserving of equal respect. A homosexual is not homosexual. An intellectual is not an intellectual. The strong are not strong, and the weak are not weak. Physically challenged are not physically challenged. Rather, they are all souls. The Christian religion teaches us to treat everyone with love, for the person is not what it appears to be. The person is just a soul, as all people are. It is not at the body one must look to see the souls. It is deep within the eyes. Each soul came from the same place, and each soul will return to the same place. It isn't love yourself, love your brother, love your mother, love those that are like you, love those who believe as you do, love those who act as you do. It is love one another. One more step to understanding the size of the causative force. What does love have to do with size? Love itself has nothing to do with size, but the need for love, the reason love is so important to a causative force, may tell us much about her size. So the question becomes, 
What does the conceptual framework of Christianity imply about the universe within which we live? We have two choices, to love one another in this universe or not to love one another. There are many key words in this statement, but the most significant is the word choice. Choosing to following the teachings of Christianity leads to the development of a certain type of environment within which we and others around us will live. Be they neighbors, children, spouse, friends. This environment, this atmosphere, is what we call ambience. This ambience within which we live is created by two forces. The first force which develops the type of environment, atmosphere, ambience, within which we journey through life is nature. What type of environment does nature provide for our soul's journey? She provides us with the beauty of a sunrise, glorious sunsets, cleansing rains, crisp blue winter skies, the smell of the ocean, the rush of the wind through the forest treetops, earth tones of the desert landscape, the majesty of glacial ice, the babble of a spring. Nature creates the surroundings within which we journey each day. The second force is you and I. The second force is humanity. We make decisions regarding the behavior we take. We have the free will to choose. And what does this have to do with Christianity and the universe? Everything. For Christianity provides a simple guideline regarding how to use free will. The guideline is told in three words, love one another. With these three words, billions of Christians since the beginning of 1 AD have committed themselves to the creation of developing a particular environment within which we all travel as our soul's journey through the universe. The atmosphere, the ambience, is one filled with love. Love, hate, and the variations of what exists between. Love and hate are extremes of the atmosphere, extremes of the ambience we intentionally create for ourselves. Christianity says to love one another. Is it any wonder Christianity is so important? Nature has done her job in creating an ambience of wonder 
beauty, and inspiration for us to journey within. The question now becomes, what about the job we, you and I, and our species are doing? Question three. How does the concept of Christianity reinforce the concept of panentheism, process theology, process reality? Christianity establishes the idea that loving one another is so important an issue. It must become a major focus in one's journey through life. What more important reason could exist for this than the idea that perhaps loving actions actually stay within and affect the causative force eternally because she is truly omnipresent, panentheistic. Christians say God found it so important create the concept of loving one another to this universe that she sent her son into the world to accomplish this task. As Buddhists imply, the existence of a causative force capable of feeling suffering. Christians imply the existence of a causative force capable of feeling love. In both cases, expanding the size of the causative force to true omnipresence would leave no place for the suffering and hatred we generate to go but into the causative force herself. Under panentheism, process theology, Suffering and love are elevated to a new level of experience and significance, for they impact the causative force herself. Buddhists and Christian religions gain new levels of purpose through the acceptance of a truly all-present causative force under a panentheistic perception of the size of the causative force. If the concept of the causative force is one where the causative force transcends the universe and separates itself from the universe, then it is possible that the actions we take also transcend, separate themselves from the causative force which in turn gives us a sense of relief. Relief through believing that what we do may not become a part of the causative force. So perhaps the bad things we do are perceived to be not so bad after all. However, if the causative force is truly omnipresent, panentheistic, then our behavior and all of its ramifications have nowhere else to exist but within the 
causative force forever. Since the causative force is eternal, all of a sudden we find ourselves unable to isolate our actions from the causative force. Panentheism forces us into a state of responsibility for eternity itself. Then what of loving one another? Your actions become so important that the causative force might very well have found our actions as humans important enough to directly intervene with a direction our historically negative behavior was heading. The causative force may have decided to directly plant the seed of love. Not love based on conditions, but love given unconditionally to all. Thank you for joining me today. In the meantime, remember to stand strong, stand tall against the forces in society that want to reduce you to mere flesh and blood in order to dominate you and subjugate you, when in fact you have a spark of the divine within you. And it is that spark of the divine which is made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. You must have significance. And in fact, you must be significant. How could it be otherwise? This is Daniel signing off. Peace.